Welcome to Get Over It, the Consciousness Transforming Podcast for Exceptional 21st Century Living. We've got a very interesting show today. We're going to be talking about awe. You know, like, oh, and awe. Um, we have Alan Klein here, and he's going to talk about his latest book, The Awe Factor, how a little bit of wonder can make a big difference in your life. And folks, this is a great little book. I mean, I just hold it and I'll hold it up to my heart and it feels so good. Um, Alan's book was voted by a spirituality and practice organization as one of the best spiritual books of 2020. Folks, this book will not disappoint. If you need something to pick you up as you are going through the pandemic and you might have a down day, this book will do it. And more importantly, it allows you to see the awe in your life. So I'm very excited to get to this talk with Alan about his book, The Awe Factor. Now the information shared on Get Over It uses intuitive and pragmatic insight to help you shift your consciousness to break through blocks and release energy that is no longer needed. Yes, we're going to help you let go of the BS that has been holding you back. But you guys know I always ask that question, are you truly ready to? And by the way, folks, BS is belief system. A bit about me for my new listeners, intuitive since birth. I'm a third generation intuitive with over three decades of experience supporting people to break through the blocks along their path. I'm a strategist for personal and professional transformation, revealing cutting edge information that enables you to prosper and thrive. I spent 25 successful years in corporate America as an executive sales professional, and I am the founder of Healing Visions Ministries and the Northern California Children's Education Network, a 501c3 nonprofit. I provide consultations and healings in all areas of life that heal the mind-body-spirit connection, allowing you to live your very best life. My clients tell me that I keep it real while providing them with accurate information to assist them along their journey as a spirit living a human existence. But they also say, if you really don't want to know, don't ask Monique. My background includes a doctorate in metaphysics, Reiki master teacher, ordained minister, and clinical hypnotherapist. So whether you are stressed, depressed, or possessed, I can help. To find out more about me and the services that I offer, go to my website, and that's MoniqueChapman.com, and I invite you to like me on Facebook and follow me on Twitter and LinkedIn. My guest today, Alan Klein, is an award-winning author and speaker showing audiences worldwide how to use humor and positivity to heal with life's not so funny stuff. <clears throat> Excuse me, he's the recipient of a Lifetime Achievement Award from the Association of Applied Therapeutic Humor as well as a Toastmasters Communication and Leadership Award. He is also a TEDx presenter on the power of intention and the author of over 30 books, including The Healing Power of Humor and Embracing Life After Loss. His most recent book, The Awe Factor, shows readers how to, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, live a bit of a little bit of wonder how a little bit of wonder can make a difference in your life and you can check him out at his website and that is alankline.com um that's a l l e n k l e i n.com welcome alan great to be here monique and i love what you said about yourself i feel <laughs> I want to interview you now. Uh, okay, anytime. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Still just, Monique, how did you get started? <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 we'll save this for another show. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> oh, love it, love it. You know, um, Adam, uh, Adam, my goodness, I was looking at a picture of my nephew and I called you him. Alan, my, the book, The Awe Factor, um, it's got a lot of buzz going on. It's been mentioned in the New York Times recently. You've got this big thing going on with New Dimensions Radio. Tell us, what inspired you to write this wonderful book? Well, all of my books, you know, I've written many. My first was The Healing Power of Humor. And that came out of uh, the loss of my wife when she was 34. And okay. she had a great sense of humor. Mm -hmm. And we would laugh a lot together. And I realized how humor helped us rise above the situation. So I wanted to share that humor could help readers uh, rise above any difficult situation. Another mm -hmm. book I wrote, it was called You Can't Ruin My Day. And very briefly, that came about because I was real happy that day. I was going to the gym and I was caught speeding and got a speeding ticket. Uh-oh. <laughs> and I got to the gym and my fellow gym mates was, how come you're still happy and singing? You just got a ticket. And I said, I'm not going to let that policeman or that ticket ruin my day. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, how often we let other people and other things ruin our day? And I'm not going to let that happen. And we, nobody has to do that. We can all be, be happy when we want to be happy. <laughs> and, and just so I have techniques of how to do that in that book. And this book came about the awe factor. Because I realized, particularly during the pandemic, mm -hmm. the things that used to bring joy to people were no longer bringing joy. That they were just concentrating on the negative stuff or all the bad stuff that was happening or might happen, even though it didn't, a lot of it didn't happen. Mm -hmm. um, and yes, it was a very difficult situation and we're still going through it. But we always have that choice, Monique. We can look at the positive and stuff, or we can look at the negative. Uh -huh. And even in the, um, the pandemic, the difficult times, I start doing a list of some of the positive things that I experienced. And one of them, and it's happened every day since the pandemic started, is that Every day, my daughter and I at five o'clock speak on the telephone. Uh. And we have had some really heart to heart conversations that we might not have had otherwise. Um, she's asked me questions about my heritage that we've never talked about. Mm -hmm. I got to know some of the things in her life that I never realized. So, you know, Again, it's our choice. Uh, how we're gonna feel? How is our? What is our attitude? And what I realized looking around my life and looking back at my life that there were just so many awe moments, uh -huh. and that when we put our intention to find them, and that is actually what the awe research is finding that we put out our intention to find more awe and wonder in our life. 
Mm-hmm. We, we start noticing it. And so that's how this book came about. Okay, so why don't you define for us what you mean by awe? Well, actually, the three, when I start writing the book, it's, it's funny you ask that because when I was thinking of writing this book, I took my former literary agent out for lunch to get mm-hmm. his opinion on whether this is a worthwhile book to write. And he kept asking me, Alan, what is awe? What is awe? <laughs> okay. Trying and to wrap his head of, around awe. <laughs> yeah, I kind of, you know, I didn't have a great answer. I kind of hemmed and hawed. And, and so I start doing research on what is the definition? And it's really interesting to me because the dictionary said it was a reverence uh, mixed with fear and wonder. And I thought, fear, I don't, I don't experience fear in relationship to awe. And yet, when I look back as a young child, and you may have had this too, when there was lightning and thunder, mm-hmm. I was scared stiff. <laughs> oh, yeah. <you> know? <laughs> I was born and raised East Coast. We had interesting oh, storms. Oh, yeah, <laughs> me too. I was born and raised in New York City in oh, summer or okay. summer, you know, or we uh-huh. go to the Catskill Mountains or... Far Rockaway or, you know, the Oh, my goodness. You know, it's so interesting how much we have in common because I'm in Fremont, California, and you're up in San Francisco. I'm from Albany, New York, and you're from New York City. So we both were at the Catskills at the same time. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Amazing. So I used to hide under the blanket, you know. Uh Uh-huh. You know, (laughs) so... And it was, and there was awe and wonder when I looked at the lightning. Oh my God, the sky is lighting up. That was amazing. And yet the thunder would scare me and I'd hide under the blankets. So, yes, the dictionary was right. It could be, could be mixed with fear and wonder. Mm-hmm. Then, if you ask the researchers what is awe, mm-hmm. <laughs> you get a whole different definition. And it's when we experience their, their definition. When you experience something that is so vast, like the Grand Canyon or Niagara Falls, I guess, uh-huh. that you kind of lose your whole, you have to kind of reorient yeah. your sense of being of how you are in the world. Uh-huh. And yeah. in a way, it makes you smaller and you realize, um, you know, you realize who you are in this vast, uh, this vast universe. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, um, I'll go out, um, in my backyard at night and, you know, just look at the stars and I'll pick one that I think is like a zillion miles away and try to focus on it. And that strikes off for me that, you know, I'm looking at the star and there might be some type of energy on that star looking back at me. I mean, who knows? Right. So, I mean, the awe is just like, all-encompassing. Folks, we're speaking with Alan Klein. Uh, His book is The Awe Factor, How a Little Bit of Wonder Can Make a Big Difference in Your Life. And you can check him out at his website, and that is alanklein.com. A-L-L-E-N-K-L-E-I-N.com. So, um, Alan, yes. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I didn't tell you my definition. Oh, okay. What's your definition? I thought you did. Actually, Sorry. Actually, that was your question. No, okay. I told you the dictionary. I told you the researches, but okay. I have my own. Okay. So your definition is, is? More down to earth. Mine is when you have those wow moments, when you 
get goosebumps um, when when you say that took my breath away or you can't explain exactly how that moment happened or you're overwhelmed or um, you know you say things you look at something and all of a sudden you go oh my god uh-huh. moments like that um, and I've had many of those the green flash in Hawaii <laughs> Uh, meeting a friend on top of uh, Yosemite uh, Vernal Falls Mountain that I hadn't seen in 40 years. I mean, wow. stuff like that. I, you just did it. See? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, those those are special awe moments that we don't necessarily think of, but sometimes we miss them. And throughout your book, you talk about the energy of slowing down. Why is that so important to truly experience our all moments? Oh, my goodness, because today, you know, we're multitasking, we're on the phone, uh, we're on the computer, we're texting. Uh Uh, You know, we're FaceTiming. we're Googling. It's just like, and I'm, you know, I'm guilty of it too. I'm not saying I'm not, but I also notice that when I slow down, the world is so much richer than anything I can get on my cell phone. You know, I just, it's just so amazing. I mean, once I, I went to a retreat and they gave us a raisin mm. to examine for yeah. about a half hour. Mm-hmm. I did that same thing. Yeah. yeah, Tell us about it. Yeah. And you realize how special that one raisin is and how amazing it is. And it's not, it's not like any other raisin in that whole world, in the whole world or in that bag of raisins. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And then you taste it and and you get to really explore it. And it's, it's, you know, I did this probably 30 years ago, that exercise, and it mm-hmm. really sticks with me, particularly when I could remember it and I'm having my meal and I could stop for a moment and look at the colors and the textures and think about the path that all that food took to get to me with somebody planting a seed and mm-hmm. nurturing and harvesting and getting it to the store and the clerk in the store and me getting it home. And I mean, it's just, to me, those are awe-inspiring moments when I could remember them, when I have the intention, again, to um, remember that there's all around, awe all around me and to notice it. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but when I did that experiment 30 years ago, you know, after examining the raisin and putting it in my mouth and actually um, allowing it to almost melt before I bit it, the flavor which was much more vivid, you know, right. I mean, you could taste the intricacies within the flavor where usually you know, I'm just like a handful of raisins in my mouth, you know, <laughs> chomped down a couple of times and it's gone. So <clears throat> it's amazing. Right. Folks, try it. Okay. You guys at home, try it. Just one raisin and look at it for a bit, examine it, you know, all the little nooks and crannies and wrinkles and think about the grape it used to be. And, you know, then put it in your mouth and just slowly allow yourself to ingest that. You will be amazed. You'll be awestruck by what you find. <laughs> Now, Alan, you talk about, and this is interesting, how a common refrigerator can have some awe in it. Now, now tell me about that. Okay, I love this story because 
I heard it on the radio and and uh, it kind of knocked me off my seat. It was an all moment for me and it was an all moment for the person in the story. But there were three prisoners uh -huh. uh, getting out of prison that day. And there was a reporter there asking them, what were they looking forward to? I mean, they were incarcerated for 10 years, most of them. What were they looking forward to when they got out of prison? And one said, naturally, being with my family. And the other said, I love baseball. I just can't wait to get to a live baseball game. And the third prisoner said, I, I'm looking forward to opening the refrigerator. And I thought, that was that was an incredible answer because he had not, I thought that, that's kind of crazy, you know, having been in prison 10 years, but he could not get a glass of milk. He could not determine what he was gonna take out of the refrigerator for dinner. Mm -hmm. This this was an incredible moment for him um, that he couldn't do for 10 years. And so for him, it was an awe moment. Uh, and for me to just hear that answer. But how many of us even notice the refrigerator, <laughs> you know, when we go to it? So and when I, the point is, and the reason I love that story is because any object, anything in nature which is the biggest generator of all but even man-made objects could mm -hmm. be uh generating awe in certain circumstances and again it's all up to us and so i think all can also be in the in the mind of the beholder mm -hmm. monique you might see something that you think is awe-inspiring and i might look and go well not for me mm -hmm. So everyone, you know, it's for years and I still uh, do humor workshops, uh, having written The Healing Power of Humor, but I realized I've sent everyone's sense of humor, everyone's funny bone is in a different place. Mm -hmm. And uh, just as odd for all of us could be in different places. Wow. Well, you know, in your book, you share a story that really caught my attention. And that was the couple, <clears throat> excuse me, at the airport that was about to miss their flight. Share that story and then how it came full circle. Was it a year later or years later? Oh, yes. Okay, oh, share that, please. Hardly believe, you know, this is one of those, I can't believe this happened moment. Um, I was on my way to New York City, San Francisco, New York, and I met this couple next to me, and they were kind of grumpy and upset, and I kind of noticed that, and I, I start chatting with them and 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 tell them my theory about not letting anyone or anyone ruin their day, but their flight had been um, canceled or longly delayed to London. And they were really upset because they had theater tickets for uh -huh. one of the top shows in London that evening, shortly after they arrived, and now they were going to miss it. And so they were very upset. And I, I gave them these some techniques of using not to be upset and kind of assured him that no matter what happened, they had control and, and just rise above it. They're going to London, they're on vacation, you know, enjoy that. That was it. I never saw them again until a year later. I was in the theater in San Francisco, 
-hmm. And this man comes over to me and he looked a little familiar, but I really didn't know who it was. And he said, do you remember me? He said, about a year ago, we were in the airport together. My flight was canceled and you gave me some great advice. He said, because we kind of put the flight being late and delayed um, or canceled behind us. And we just, you know, left it up to the universe to see what would happen. And he said, what happened was um, they put us on an earlier flight. They upgraded us. We had a much better, you know, much better experience than uh -huh. sitting way back in coach. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> and we got there early, in fact, and we had some rest and we got to see our show. He said, thank you so much for your advice. Wow. Amazing how it can work out if you can just like breathe for a moment. Now, in your book, you talk about being present. Is that the same as being mindful? And if yes, explain it. And if no, explain it, please. Um, yes, I think when we're, it is a definitely yes. When okay. we're present, we're mindful of the things around us. And if we're more present, if we're more mindful, then we're going to see more on wonder in our life because it's always there, but we're so busy or so upset or so stressed out that we don't see it. So yes, being mindful. Uh, some of the three little words I give people to remember that is to stop, look, and listen. Because in each case, you have to be more mindful to, to stop and then look around you and then listen to what's happening. Okay, so when you say listen, you're meaning physically listen and also listening to our intuition? I didn't think of it about intuition, but yes, of course. Okay. Yes. Yeah, and folks, the intuition that's talking to you is that nice, calm, small voice that's saying, you know, consider doing this, not do this, because that's not intuition. That's um, some other energy screwing around with you that you don't want to necessarily bring into your consciousness. Now, um, Alan, you just said something. You said two words, stressed out. Because of the pandemic and just daily life stressors, people are stressed to the max. What can they do to even think about finding their off factor? Well, you know, I was uh, I did a two week uh, workshop last year and every day they gave us uh, a hint or a, what's the word I want some. Oh, I can't think of the word right now, but it, they gave us a word or, you mm -hmm. know, go look when you go out today and your travels today, look for this thing, whatever okay. it was, and take a picture of it. And um I did that, and one day the word was find something, everything in the shape of hearts. Uh -huh. And I went out with my dog and I came back. I didn't find any hearts, but I noticed I was growing morning glories around my front gate and every leaf was heart-shaped. And I had been walking in and out of at least three <laughs> times a day, walking the dog, if not more. Uh-huh. <laughs> And never, ever noticing that those leaves were heart-shaped. Wow. So I think, you know, and I do have a TED Talk on this, the power of intention. Mm -hmm. If we put our intention out there, 
if you to find more awe, we will find it. And the, the really incredible thing about this, Monique, the, the latest research, they took a group of people, older people, 60, 70, 80 year olds, 28 in each group, mm-hmm. told each group to do the same thing once a week to take a 15 minute walk. Except the second group, they said, when you go out and you walk, look for something that amazes you or awes you or provides some wonder for you. Mm-hmm. And then they tested them eight weeks later. The group that was instructed to find the awe that had that intention, mm-hmm. they said they had more positive emotions because the, the other group that did not have that instruction and they would, one person said, well, when I was on the walk every day, I think about the trip I'm taking in five days and I wasn't packed and I have to go shopping and I don't have enough time. They were concentrating on things that um, upset them or, or was negative, where the awe group was concentrating on positive things and overall said they were happier than the other group. Wow. Amazing. All because a little intention of, of whatever it is, but this in, in this case was awe, finding mm-hmm. your awe. Why is it that we are not programmed, if you will, as children to set our intentions so that we can start manifesting in our lives? Good question. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, I know when I grew up, I wanted to be a scenic designer. I was taken to see my first Broadway show at seven years old. Uh I was so, I guess I was in awe that I sat so well through that show. I was taken to see my second show. And yet when I, I kept, from that day on, I kept saying, I want to be a scenic designer, make those pretty pictures on stage. Most people, my teacher didn't even know what that was. Mm-hmm. And my parents, my father wanted me to be an accordion player. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and my mother wanted to be a doctor. You know, they never really supported what I wanted to be. And I think that could be one of the reasons. Um, um, You know, people, parents have their own definition of what they would like their child to be Mm -hmm. uh, rather than what the child wants to be. So that could could be one of the reasons, you know, just off the top of my head. Hmm, Okay. Um, It's just amazing. Now, in your book, you talk about final awe. And you talk about a gentleman by the name of Liam, um, who was uh, witnessing his brother's death, the exact moment of his brother's death. And most people don't get to see that exact moment and how awestruck he was. When I was reading that, um, and this has come to me several times, I think I've mentioned it on the show before, I started thinking about the fall foliage, especially if you're in the um, East Coast, you know, Maine down to the Carolinas probably. In the fall, people go for hours long rides just to look at the foliage. And to me, the foliage is death because it's the leaves (laughs) dying, but they're changing colors and it's beautiful. Um, now, we haven't talked about this, but what are your thoughts around that and being awe? You are so right. I always thought that 
you know, the green of a tree is its life. It's growing. It's it, and then when it's turning color, it is dying. Uh-huh. And, and but that is a beautiful process too. I have been a hospice volunteer, and I've sat with a number of people who were uh, imminently dying. Uh-huh. And I sat with my wife um, right after she died, uh-huh. and there was a certain a certain calming, a certain beauty, yes, a certain sadness. Uh-huh. But and the other thing, when I worked at hospice or volunteered at hospice, three of the patients I worked with that were re- I could tell they were really near death. All three of them said, either I want to get up. I want to go up or I want to go around the block. Mm. It struck me that they knew that this is kind of the end and they want to transcend all this in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, re- there really was um, like the spirit lifting, you know, you could almost feel it if you're with someone who's dying, that the spirit is leaving the body. Mm-hmm. And the body is just this thing we carry around and help us exist. Um, So, yeah, I think there's a very beautiful uh, moment. And often we don't, I know with my wife, my mother-in-law wanted to call the undertaker right away. And I said, no, my daughter was coming home from school. And we we sat with the body for Uh a long time. Uh and in Liam's case, you know, the wife wanted also was, was, you know, also, you know, not really being there in the moment, being mindful, talking about being mindful of uh-huh. someone just died and let's just acknowledge that uh-huh. and let's just be with it um, because it's a very precious moment. Yeah, um, definitely can't get it back nor... <laughs> would most people want to, but um, it is very special. And I want to switch gears for a moment. You have coming right up actually at uh, the time of the show airing, this will be your second week, but other people can join a five week class that's sponsored by Unity. So tell us about that and tell us how people can connect. So it's a one hour class. It'll be for five weeks. Your listeners can join anytime they'd like. It's on Wednesday nights, 5 o'clock Pacific Daylight Time. It, they can join from anywhere in the country. Uh-huh. And uh, all about the class and to register, it's on Unity's website. It's unitysf, like San Francisco, dot. And here's where I should have looked it up. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, folks, I'm going to, he's going to send me the link and I'm going to put it in the show notes. So you guys will have access. (laughs) I know it's going to be fun. You know, each week we're going to look at one uh, scientific research on all. We'll look at Mm -hmm. several stories. Uh, They'll be sharing of of the audiences, uh, all moments, certainly questions they want to ask um, some fabulous quotes. I'll end each session with a quote about awe. And, um, you know, me being the only, the world's only jollytologist, it's not only going to be about awe, but it's going to be fun. Oh, I like that. Jollytologist. (laughs) 
I'm actually writing it down. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of fun. Now, um, you know, you've written, you know, books on humor and, you know, healing and all of that. Um, every time I think about humor and healing, I think of Norman Cousins. Was he a huge influence in your work? Yes, and not only a huge influence, but um, I was on before there was Zoom, <laughs> there was some kind of broadcast thing that I was on two shows with him that was broadcast to hospitals all over the country. So I actually met him, which was fabulous. Oh, wow. Um, that, that was just great um, mm -hmm. because we had to do it in person then. You could not do it like this. Uh, and, and yeah, he healed himself, he said, with humor. And... Um, you know, and that's how I got into the humor field because my wife had such a great sense of humor and mm -hmm. helped us rise above that situation. So, um, yeah, he was a big influence. Without him, I probably would have never uh, been in that field. Hmm. Well, you know, folks, if you have some humorous shows or whatever out there, you know, hey, send me an email. I will actually put them on the um, my website so that people can refer to them because I'm the one that goes to a comedy show. And unless the comic is really funny, I'm sitting there stone faced. I mean, you got to like step it up to get me to laugh. Um, and the last time that happened, I went to see D.L. Hughley and he had me rolling in the aisles. But um, laughter is truly, truly, truly important. Um, Alan, um, before we go, why do you believe that awe is the new happy? <laughs> new happiness, yeah, because of what they're, you know, the it's only been eight, 10 years that researchers have been interested in the subject and start doing research on it. And as I said, in the one that just came out, the, where people went for a walk, uh, it's a pretty easy, thing to get in your life and as the research is showing it can make you happier and there are other research showing various like it could help with inflammation so it could keep you healthier mm -hmm. uh, so there are a number of researches uh, studies now that have shown how humor i'm sorry how awe could could help us be happier and healthier. And mm -hmm. so the many, many years, and there's so many books on happiness, which is great. But I think it's time that we look at other ways to be happier. And I think awe could be a really easy, simple one um, that actually doesn't even take anyone else. <laughs> it's all, you do it yourself, could, could be mm -hmm. do it yourself. Um, mm -hmm. And so um, I just think it's it's uh, it's the new new way to get more happiness in your life. Okay. And how can we utilize awe during this time of pandemic? I mean, you know, um, people are thinking about, you know, how many people have passed away and necessarily probably didn't have to pass away, but that's another subject, another show. Um, it's uh, about, you know, 
people struggling, whether it's financially, I mean, we still have food lines, you know, going the whole nine yards. How can we find some awe within all of this heavy energy that we're dealing with as a society? Right. Well, like any intervention, um, awe is not going to solve everything. Right. But it does for momentarily, it just, just like humor, it just helps us focus on the positive and at least put the negative stuff behind us for a little while. Uh And we, we know that stress is not good. So if we can put some of that stress behind us, I think it truly will keep us healthier. Okay, easier said than done, but good words. And we just have to work on, you know, the stress, whether it's mental, physical, and uh, or whatever. Um, move your body, folks, because that'll help <laughs> reduce some of that stress. Um, Alan, our time has gone so quickly, and I am so thrilled with our interview. Uh, why don't you share a pearl of wisdom with our audience? What words would you like to leave with our audience today? Oh, this this might be really appropriate. I'm going to share the opening quote of the book as the closing words for today. Okay, um, go for it. And it's, uh, it was written by Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel. Uh-huh. And he said, well, he wrote, our goal should be to live life in radical amazement. Yet, up in the morning and look at the world in a way that takes nothing for granted. Everything is phenomenal. Everything is incredible. Never treat life as casual. Wow. Very powerful. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you for being fabulous guest today. Um, as thank we collect you. You're welcome as we collectively get over it to the audience. Thank you for being with us and um, do get your off factor going because it's going to make life a whole lot happier. You can choose to be miserable or you can choose to find that awe. I'm choosing awe. And I want everybody to remember that the most important choice that you can make is what you choose to make important. Consider making the masterful choice of finding your awe factor. Abundant blessings, light and love to all. Agape.